who is going to be worshipped on the Temple Mount? That's yeah. the whole battle of Jerusalem, actually the Middle East. God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring. We contend for that promised outpouring, and we equip for that outpouring, so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast. God's eyes are on His city, the city of the great King, Jerusalem. And millions and millions of people are praying right now, and their eyes are also on Jerusalem. So we want to focus today on God's heart and the people of God that are crying out in their hearts, O Jerusalem, city of God. We're so glad that you're with us today on this podcast. I just know that this is going to be an amazing time of discussing things about Jerusalem and our experiences there and what the scriptures say and what the history is. It's just so, it's such a big subject that I think we could talk for hours, but we yeah. won't. We won't. And as far as this being connected to this fast and prayer time, this 21 days of fasting and prayer that has been initiated by Mike Bickle, this is the last time we're going to talk about that. What we're going to talk about today is the fact that God has his eyes on Jerusalem. And before we get started, we want to encourage you to go to our website and just uh, make sure that you are on our mailing list because we're going to be going to Israel in November of 2024. And you need to be on our mailing list so that you can be informed about that as well as when the podcasts are going to be. And if you want to be on our prayer letter list so you can read the things that, that the Lord has put on our hearts, some, some devotional kinds of things and, and updates and what's going on, just be sure to sign up for that email list or those email lists. There's a couple of different lists you can sign up for and even our emergency prayer list. Be sure to avail yourself of what we have on our website. There's so, so much available there, a bookstore and our blogs and YouTube channel and Facebook page, links to those and just so much. So avail yourself of these things because I think if you're enjoying these podcasts, you probably want to stay connected. So today we're talking about, oh, Jerusalem. Hmm. So when we were on the prayer call, with our house in Jerusalem with Mary Lois Little. We've been doing a little bit of worship beforehand, and, and we felt to sing O Jerusalem, which is a song that uh, Pam Singer wrote a number of years ago. She's a member and has lived in Israel for many years. Dear, dear friend. And we sang that song, and it went through my head over and over and over all day long. I just kept singing it and singing it and singing it. And so when we were getting ready to make this podcast and searching the heart of the Lord for what our subject should be, I just kept hearing, oh, Jerusalem. So that's why we're, that's why we're doing this. And I just want to give you a flavor of how this song goes. It's obviously not going to be as beautiful and wonderful as what Pam recorded years ago, but 
I'll give it a shot just so that you can get the feel of, of the heartbeat of people who love the land and who love the streets of Jerusalem. I, when I sing it, I, I see myself walking through the, the streets of the old city. O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, O city of God, peace within thy gates, joy within thy streets, Jerusalem, I bless you. Peace within thy gates, joy within thy streets. Jerusalem, I bless you. So you can see why we wanted to focus on Jerusalem. It just, it's one of those songs that's almost haunting. It's beautiful. We're recording this on Jerusalem Day. The people of Israel swarmed into Jerusalem. They came from all over Israel to march in the streets of Jerusalem today. And That's amazing. It was amazing. Wow. And we didn't see anything of it ourselves. But at the end of the day, uh, well, let me just say this. We, we have been during this prayer and fasting time, we have been uh, having a Zoom call with our intercessors in Jerusalem with Mary Lois Little leading us and praying. I'm telling you, she is such an amazing prayer leader. And praying for Jerusalem, praying for Israel according to this prayer and fasting time. And she told us that at about that time, they were gathering at the Kotel, which is the Western Wall. Uh, for years, it was called the Wailing Wall, but now they have it in their possession, so they're not wailing anymore. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, but it's, it's the Western Wall of the Temple Mount. It's a retaining wall. It is not a wall of the temple. The walls of the temple all fell down, just like they were pulled down, just like Jesus said. They were pulled down because the gold that was on them, when they set the place on fire, the gold all melted and, and the soldiers wanted to pry the rocks apart so they could get the, get the, the gold. gold. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, mm. they, the, the people gathered at the Kotel after they're marching through the Muslim quarter of the old city in particular. I don't know how much of the old city they went through, but they went through the Muslim quarter and they were singing the, the songs of... Israel and marching and uh, when they gathered at the wall, well, there's a webcam that you can click on and see what's whatever's going what's on live at, the wall. at yeah. the wall. That's really amazing. So I, I clicked on it and we shared the screen and you could see this. The whole plaza was packed full. You couldn't see a wide enough shot to see how far back they were packed in, mm -hmm. but the entire plaza where you could even see the wall was packed with people and they were backed up. So it, it was an amazing, amazing thing to see these. Uh, some estimated 100,000, some estimated 50,000, but either way, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. <laughs> and, and so my heart, when we were coming to do the podcast, I just felt like we had to talk about Jerusalem because Jerusalem is on our Father's heart. And there's a scripture Zechariah 12, 3 says, 
In that day, I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. And what we're seeing in politics these days, in the mm-hmm. United Nations and and even America, is, has pressured Israel because they want Jerusalem to be an international, international city. city. Yeah, it's not scriptural. No, it's not scriptural. <laughs> and the Jewish people say, wait a minute, this is our capital. It's been our capital since David. Yeah. 3,000 years ago, David uh-huh. made it his capital. Mm-hmm. Wow. Why did he make it his capital? I think, this is just my speculation. Okay, is this, this uh, with Goliath? Well, I'm, I'm getting to that. Oh, yeah. okay. I won't, I uh, won't steal your thunder. <laughs> so I have this opinion, okay? This, I wonder if, okay, this is not a doctrine, but I wonder <laughs> if maybe when David got Psalm 110, it was after he was anointed king and while he was still tending sheep. So he, he was out there watching sheep and writing all kinds of songs. But that was the one in which the Lord made the promise, the Lord has sworn and will not relent, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Or the Hebrew way to say it? Would be Melchizedek. Okay. And, and I won't keep pronouncing it Hebrew because... I don't need to. (laughs) We all understand Melchizedek. So I have this theory that David had his eye on Jerusalem from that time, that when he he determined that when he became king, that he was going to make Jerusalem his capital, Mm -hmm. which was a good idea politically because Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin. And Jerusalem is right on the line between Benjamin and Judah. Mm-hmm. So politically, that was a smart move that he could kind of keep an eye on on Saul's relatives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, when he killed Goliath, remember, he hit him with a stone right from mm-hmm. his sling, right? We don't need to go into that story, but if you want to go read it, it's in your Bible. And... When he cut off his head, now we, we kind of, most of the time we end the story with that Goliath fell down to the ground. David took Goliath's sword, cut and, off his head. And just holds it up for everybody to look at. And, you know? and the Philistines start running and the Israelite soldiers get their courage and go running after them. And that's the end of the battle. But nobody pays too much attention to the fact that it says that David picked up that head and he ran to Jerusalem with it. Now, what in the world would he be doing that for? Maybe he's holding it up saying, you're next. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That is in First Samuel chapter 17 and verse 54. It says, David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. So it sounds to me like he had his eye on Jerusalem from the start. Yeah. And God put that there. Yeah, I think so. And so then when he brought the Ark of the Covenant up, when he became king, mm-hmm. eventually, it took a while. You know, this yeah. is another one of those promises that God made that takes a while to fulfill. Yeah. So if God has made a promise to you, don't quit. Mm-hmm. Just don't quit. It's going to come to pass what he said he's going to do. Yeah. He's good for his promises. 
but then when when he became king and he captured Jerusalem, one of the first things that he wanted to do was go get the ark and bring it to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ark had been lost in battle and came back to Israel on a cart after it had been put in, in Dagon's tabernacle and Dagon fell over and broke his hands and his head. Yeah. The first time it just the fishy part broke off because <laughs> Dagon was kind of like a fish god. Yeah. So the ark had been left nearby and was take, being taken care of. And then David wanted to bring it to Jerusalem because I think, my, it's just my idea, I think he wanted to be like that priest king Melchizedek, mm-hmm. that he wanted to be close to the Ark of the Covenant. You know, it was designed to be in the Holy of Holies where only the high priest could go to it. Yeah. But David had it brought up to Jerusalem, set in the city. Of, Jerusalem at the time was very, very small compared to what it is today. It was just a little hill. And that's why the scripture says it's, it's compact together. I mean, they, they must <laughs> have had to really them. squeeze to get everybody in when there were, when <laughs> there were uh, feasts. I think, because it says when, when he got the ark, it says in 2 Samuel six seventeen, and they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Now, you know, we know that that, that promise to be a priest and, and king after the order of Melchizedek was for David's offspring, Jesus, who would come much later. Mm-hmm. But I think David was acting on it. Okay. And he didn't necessarily think about this is going to be one of my great, 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 great grandchildren. Mm-hmm. I think he was thinking that he was supposed to do it. And that's why he was doing this. I think this is, this is just my opinion, not trying to make a, make a thing out of it, but I think it's a really important reason for David to have established that as his place of governing. Yeah. So then who was the king after David? Solomon. And what did Solomon do? He built the temple. Right. And where did he build the temple? Mount Moriah. What's special about Mount Moriah? That was where uh, Isaac almost got sacrificed. Exactly. Abraham had brought Isaac there. God said, go to the mountains of Moriah and I will show you the place and you sacrifice your son to me. Mm -hmm. And he believed that God could raise him from the dead. So he did it. I mean, he was about to plunge the knife in, and, of course, God stopped him and provided a ram. He provided a substitute. But he, God needed somebody on the earth to act out what he was going to do when he would send his son, mm-hmm. who was crucified on the same mountain, yeah. sort of. I mean, it, at the time, it was the same mountain, but when Solomon quarried that end of the mountain out mm-hmm. to create the stones to build the temple. Yeah. It created an area that became a place of execution. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Romans, you know, it had been a place of execution where they would stone people previously, but that's where the Romans would do their crucifixions. 
So yeah, Jesus, the place of a skull was there. Yes, and yeah. and we've seen how the rock formation looks like a skull there. Yeah, it's really quite something. I think some of it has has worn away. A few years ago, some of it fell off in a big rainstorm yeah. or something. But we could see it. And, yeah, and there's a picture there in the very early years. Yeah, the eighteen some eighteen hundreds, eighteen eighties. There's a picture of it then, and it's very yeah very distinguished. Yeah. So if you go back another maybe sixteen, seven, eighteen hundred years, yeah, back to the time, it was probably even more. Yeah, more prominent. More prominent. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another special thing about Jerusalem, and here's this great, 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 great grandson mm-hmm. of David being sacrificed as the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. Really. Mm-hmm. He, he saw himself doing this then, and it was as though it was done. And he acted this thing out to fulfill what Abraham had started with Isaac. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a beautiful picture. But that's the same mountaintop where Arona had his threshing floor. He was a Jebusite in the days of David. And remember when David tried to number the people? Yeah. And he got in big trouble. Yeah, uh-huh. God, big time. God didn't didn't like the fact that he was trying to show it, the arm of flesh mm-hmm. when God wanted him to depend on him to be the strength of Israel. Yeah, and not his army. So he was offered the choices of shall seven years of famine come on unto the land, or flee three months before your enemies while they pursue you, or that there be three days of pestilence. And David said to Gad, the prophet, I am in this terrible, terrible pressure. A great strait, according to the King James. Let us fall now into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. Mm-hmm. And let me not fall into the hand of man. So he chose the pestilence. And the Lord sent a pestilence from the morning, even to the time appointed, and 70,000 men died of the people from Dan to Beersheba, which is basically from from north to south. Yeah, wow. 70,000. And so then God said, okay, that's enough, to the angel that was doing the slaughtering. And the angel stopped on the threshing, the threshing floor, floor of Onan. Yeah. Of o- o- Onan, or he has two different names in the scripture, Arona or Onan. Okay. And David spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel, and he said, Lo, I've sinned, I've done wickedly, but these sheep, what have they done? Let your hand, I pray thee, be against my against me and my father's house. And so Gad came and said, Go make an altar to the Lord in the threshing floor of Arona. And the Lord saw this this offering. And it says that in verse 25. The Lord was entreated for the land, and the plague was stopped from Israel. Mm-hmm. So that was the place where Solomon built the temple. Now, mm-hmm. I love that little song that we used to sing years ago. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. In the city of oh our God, God in, in the, the mountain, mountain of his holiness. holiness. Beautiful, Beautiful for situation. situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. 
So that's yeah. Psalm 48, 1 and 2. And I was stumped when I first learned that. Of course, I was young. I was probably a teenager when I first heard it. Um, but we sang it all the time. We didn't even know what I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> I understood yeah. great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. I got that. So I was praising him, you know, and waving my arms. And But I didn't understand that beautiful for situation until I went to Israel and I sat on the southern steps of the Temple Mount and the guide said, behind me, which would be towards the south, is the city of David. We're sitting on the Temple Mount. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it dawned on me that Mount Zion, the, the Temple Mount, is on the northern side of the city of David. That's where it's situated. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, th these are just, you know, little things that like the light bulb goes off. Oh, yeah. that's what it means. So come to Israel with us. That's, oh, yeah. Uh, come and, to Israel with and us. And you watch scripture come alive. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, that's what happened to me when I went there. Mm -hmm. Something happens in Revelation when you, when you put your eyes on the place, when you put your feet on the place where... All of these things took took place that are in the scriptures. It's just overwhelming to me. And, yes. and one of my favorite things in the world to do is to take first timers that have never been before and help them get get um, fresh revelation watch from the word of God. Watch them get excited. Watch the light bulb turn on yeah. for them. So going on in, in time, they were they were kings, good kings, bad kings. Eventually, the bad kings outweighed the good kings, mm -hmm. and the people went into idolatry, and God wouldn't stand it. And Nebuchadnezzar came and destroyed Jerusalem and the temple and took a bunch of people into captivity. Yeah. And then 70 years later, they came and rebuilt the temple. Jerusalem was still their capital. Mm -hmm. It's the capital of the Jewish people. Yeah. And then there was 400 years of silence. And then Jesus came, as was prophesied. And so we're under a one-world government. Oh, yeah, that's true. It was a one-world government at the time. It was Rome. Right. So Jesus would have kept the law. I mean, we know that he kept the law. And so he would have gone to all of the feasts. And we know that even when he was a young boy, Jesus went with his parents to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. So... We know that when he was in his ministry, that he w went there for the feasts. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it talks about the different feasts that he went for. Even Hanukkah. He was there for Hanukkah. It says the Feast of the Dedication, of the dedication. and it was winter. That's Hanukkah. Yeah. Uh -huh. So he went there for that. He went, he went for the Feast of Tabernacles. We know that he went for Passover. We assume that he went for Shavuot because he had to fulfill all of the law. So when you look at the timing of everything... You know, we we have this concept, or we're taught that that Jesus' uh, ministry on Earth was three years. Mm -hmm. But when you really look at the timing, when he's when he really stepped on the scene mm -hmm. in ministry, it's entirely possible that it was only a year. Only a year. Yeah, there there are scholars that feel that it was only a year. Because when you follow the the scripture and you look at how everything evolves so fast, mm -hmm. I mean that's something that would be like a year, not three years when yeah. you look at it. Yeah. But when you when you study the timeline mm -hmm. of everything, you'll you discover that it's it's really not three years at all. 
Yeah. And I hunted for three years in the scripture and it's not there. <laughs> no, doesn't say so. Well, that's yeah. for another day. Yeah, and, and we'll find out for sure when we get there or when yeah. Jesus gets here, whichever one comes first. Uh, there, there's so many questions that will be answered instantly when we see him. But here's, here's a little tidbit that I discovered today. And I found this part before, that it was 490 years from Saul becoming king until they went into t- captivity, which is exactly 70 years 70 times seven, okay, mm-hmm. 70 cycles of the Sabbath year that they were supposed to give to the to rest the land. And they didn't. That they didn't. Yeah. So God took them out for 70 years in order for the land to rest those 70 years that they didn't give it a rest before. So interestingly, it was 495 years from the time the second temple was built until it was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kind of like, the, like same the same thing. Maybe they weren't keeping the, sh- the Shemitah year then either, which is what the word in Hebrew is for that seven-year cycle of, of giving the land a rest every seventh year. Mm-hmm. God gave us rules. Yeah. And he gave us rules for a reason. So it's important for the rules to be kept. And if you get the Sabbath rest, then you won't burn out. It's true. You know? It's very true. Whether you keep it on Saturday or whether you keep it on Sunday or some other day of the week, the principle of Sabbath is your body needs a rest one day a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, pastors don't get a rest on Sunday. Yeah, no, that's if, if If you're a Sunday keeper, if you're a Sabbath keeper, the rabbi doesn't get a rest on the <laughs> Sabbath either. So you got to rest at some point. You have mm-hmm. to have that day of rest. Yeah. Interesting side note, you know, when the, I've heard that when, the French Revolution happened. They decided to make a 10-day work week. Wow. And everybody broke down. Even the animals couldn't keep going. They they just wore out because we're designed for one in seven. A 10-day work week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that don't work. No. So anyway, back to Jerusalem. When the Romans destroyed Jerusalem, they were pretty miffed with the Jewish people, and, and they continued to re- revolt. They continued to rebel. So in 135 AD, they uh-huh. absolutely wiped out Jerusalem and drove the Jews out of the land. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they couldn't drive them all out. There's always been a continuous presence, presence of yeah. Jews in the land. It's always been there ever since they came from, uh, from Egypt. There's always been people in the land that God intended to be in the land. Yeah. Uh-huh. But the Romans turned it into a Roman city. So there's, you know, archaeology has discovered all of that. And mm-hmm. and at the time, they were so angry with the Jews that they changed the name from Judea to Palestina in honor of the Philistines who used to live there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that's why we have this idea of Palestine today. And, you know, through the history, um, Palestine became a part of the Ottoman Empire and so on. I'll, I'll, I might touch on that in a minute. But this idea of some of, some of the scholars of the 1800s, mm-hmm. because all they knew was this, this place is called Palestine, yeah. they would refer to Palestine in the time of Christ. But it wasn't Palestine in the time of Christ. It was Judea. Mm-hmm. So, 
sorry, that's one of those little things that irks me when I read it. Because <laughs> people just don't understand. No, it was not Palestine. It was Judea. Anyway, so long story short, lots of things happened. At, but in, in 638, the Muslims took over Jerusalem. And there was this going back and forth between the Muslims and the, the Crusaders, going back and forth, trying to see who could be in charge of Jerusalem mm-hmm. and of the land. Uh, the Crusaders had some success and a lot of failures. Yeah. And so the, the Muslims came, but I want to just talk for a minute about the Muslims, because if you notice on all of their flags, all the flags of the Muslim nations, you will find a crescent moon. Mm-hmm. Except I don't think it's on the Saudi Arabian flag. It's got a bunch of Arabic writing that I don't know what it says and a sword. I think mm-hmm. that's what's on it. But most of them have this crescent moon and all the mosques have a crescent moon up on the top. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's interesting to me that the history of the gods of the land going back into the Canaanite times, Yeah, there was a worship of the moon god and the sign of it was the crescent moon. And one of the, the symbols that they used in addition to the crescent moon was they used a bull or a calf and they showed the shape of the crescent moon in the horns. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there was that kind of a, of a god in Egypt as well. So I presume that that's where Aaron got the idea of making a golden thing. No, he, wait a minute. He just had everyone break off their gold and throw it in the fire. Oh, in the out, fire. Came out came, this, came cow, this calf. Or this calf, yeah. <laughs> sure. Duh. So <laughs> this whole picture of the moon god, I think, is very significant. And the one that, that they refer to as Baal uh-huh. had this picture of a calf with the horns shaped like the moon. So is that the same god that the Muslims are worshiping? Hmm. Mm, mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. So I find it very interesting, and, and Philip brought up the idea of what the big battle is. Who is going to be worshipped on the Temple Mount? That's yeah. the whole battle of Jerusalem. Actually, the Middle East. Yes. Because in the Quran, there is no mention of Jerusalem. True. There is no mention of Jerusalem in the Quran. And what they, what they go on is that Muhammad did a night ride. Mm-hmm. And so that he to went, the far mosque. To the far mosque. So he went to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. But that is not in the Quran. There is no. So really, that means it's not a holy site. Right. The Al Aqsa Mosque that is there in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount was built between 688 and 692. So if Muhammad went to the far mosque, where there was wasn't a mosque there. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I, what it is, if you if you keep saying something long enough, people yeah. will believe it. <laughs> that is the truth. And so that's what the world believes, especially the Muslims believe that. Right. But it's not in the Quran. Yes, but it's mentioned 767 times in the Bible. Jerusalem is Jerusalem. mentioned. Jerusalem, uh-huh. And it's mentioned 626 times in the uh, Old Testament. Wow. And that's interesting. That really is. And 767. What? How, how funny those numbers are. Interesting. So anyway, the big question is who's going to be worshipped on the Temple Mount? So I have 
an interesting scripture in Isaiah chapter 14. Oh, I know where you're going. <laughs> yes. In Isaiah 14, it's talking about the king of Babylon. And this is a Gentile king, but it also, I believe, is a demonic king. Yeah. Because it goes on to say in verse 12, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground which weakened the nations? For you said, now this is the, this is the significant verse to me. In verse 13, you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Now, it's interesting to me. I circled all of the eyes in my Bible, uh-huh. and I drew lines between them, and it makes a pentagram. Interesting. Yeah, fascinating, isn't it? But the word uh, ascend, I will ascend into heaven. That's his first statement. And his last statement is, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, the last statement is, I will be like the most high. So that word ascend in Hebrew is Allah. Allah. Oh. Interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. Fascinating. Fascinating. And we just learned a few minutes ago that the mount of the congregation on the sides of the north north. would be the Temple Mount. The city of the great king. So guess who's sitting up there? The moon god. Mm -hmm. Allah. Yeah. Fascinating. And the whole world is in an uproar over it. Mm Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is God wants to save them too. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Abraham interceded for Ishmael and yes. said, oh, oh that Ishmael live before me. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's our father's heart that all men would be saved. Yeah. And I believe that this outpouring on all flesh that we are on the verge of seeing right now, this outpouring is that which is going to transform the lives of Jews and Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists and people who think they're Christians but don't really know him and animists and atheists and all of these that they really want to know the truth, but they've been deceived. Yeah. You know, our founder, Sister Gwen, the Lord gave her this this scripture in Isaiah 25, 5 to 7, but it talks about the last part of it, and he will destroy in this mountain. Mm-hmm. The face of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. And what do the Muslims wear? The women. Yeah. They wear a veil. It's true. Every nation where there are Muslims, depending how orthodox isn't the mm-hmm. word to use, maybe. It's the idea, though. It's the idea, though, that they have this, they're veiled when they're outside and all you see is a slit for their eyes. Mm-hmm. But it says, you know, God's going to destroy that veil, whether it be spiritual and natural, that when he reveals himself, every eye shall see, every knee shall bow. It's very true. It's very, very true. So our Father is in the process of setting things up to destroy 
the face of the covering over the people. Yeah. He wants, he wants to deliver everyone. Not everyone's going to choose to. Mm-hmm. Everybody still has a choice. Yeah. But he wants to set people free. And he wants to do it in Jerusalem. Yeah. <laughs> and he's coming back to Jerusalem. That's the glorious thing. He went up from the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. Uh-huh. And he's coming back. Yeah, that's in Zechariah chapter 14. Yes. And that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. That's right. Uh, and they will look on him who they have pierced. Mm-hmm. And they and will mourn, mourn for, him. for him. So he's coming back to set up his kingdom. And that's why Jerusalem is so special. And that's why we are there with our house there to be an oasis for the body of Messiah in Jerusalem. And it's a place for worship and prayer and Bible studies and ministry meetings and a place for God's intercessors to come and stay and carry out their assignments or find rest. But we've come alongside Israel to say, you are on the right track. You're doing what the word says to do. We stand with you. We agree with Romans 11 that we are grafted in. Grafted in, yeah. There's, there's so many people that think that Christians replace Israel, that the church replaces Israel. Nothing and, could be farther from the no, truth. Just read Romans 11. Yeah. And Paul just lays it out. Yeah. And how easy it is, much easier for God to graft them into their own yeah. root. It's true. You know. It's true. So and, he says, "Be." I remember the scripture says, be not high-minded, but fear. Yes. Because God can just res, uh, just restore them just like that. Mm-hmm. Just and like, he can knock you out too. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the scriptures that is so important when you're trying to understand, you know, if, if people say, well, all of that was done and fulfilled and it's over for them as of 70 AD, there's nothing more for the Jews. But Isaiah 11, 11 says, I will bring them back the second time. Second time, yeah. I'll gather the outcasts the second time. And that's what happened. It mm-hmm. started in the 1880s and it continued and continued and Israel became a nation fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. There's so many so prophecies that's yeah. been fulfilled. Yeah. And, and God is continuing to fulfill it. It's mm-hmm. an, an amazing time to be living. Yeah. So we just want to encourage you, listener, to tune into the Holy Spirit do your own Bible study and get more understanding. Let the Lord open your eyes to see things in his word about Israel and about Jerusalem. And let your heart be turned to pray for the peace of Jerusalem because they will prosper that love Israel, that love Jerusalem. And it's not just for your prosperity. It's because it's God's heart that we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So let's pray for it right now. Well, Father, we just pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yes. And Lord, and we thank you for the millions of people that are joining in this fast around the world. And Lord, it's such a time it was, Lord, when all this barrage of missiles and, and things are happening all, all the time. But Father, that, that your hand, you are the watchman on the wall, oh Lord. Yes. And your hand, oh God, is over Jerusalem because it's, the, it's your people, Lord, that you gave this land to, oh God. Yes. Lord, it's your land, and you gave it to the Jewish people. So we thank you, Father, that even in this Bible study that we have done, that, Father, that, that people will have an interest to do an even greater research yes. about how you have protected this land 
Yes, and Lord. you have brought them back again the second time. Yes. In your name, Lord Jesus. And I just want to add, too, if you want to study more history on Israel, go to Jewish websites. Yes. Don't go to others where they're going to give you, they'll, they'll steer you the wrong way. You make yeah. sure you go to a Jewish website because yes. the rest of them are, they're not correct. Don't get your news from Al Jazeera. Yeah, that's or right. Or CNN. Or CNN. Or ABC or NBC yeah. or CBS or... Yeah. Go P to a Hebrew source. PBS, yeah. Go, go to, to a Hebrew, Hebrew source, you'll, you'll get the truth. Yeah. There's so much th that... It's it's really all because of uh, of the oil industry that's in the rest of the Middle East mm -hmm. that is causing people to backpedal and not come alongside Israel the way that they should. Yeah. It's a greed thing. Yeah. But get on God's side. Get on God's side. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence. <laughs>